Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Give me one more good amen, everybody. Turn to the person next to you as you grab your seats and tell them, hey, he's never lost. He's never lost. And then we're going to get ready to go into the message today. Dave, can you grab my table for me when you get a second? Thank you guys so much for being here today. It's a, it's a great day to be in church. We're going to have a lot of fun together in the message time. And again, as the pastor of this house, we're, we're really honored to have you here. And we do truly believe that Easter Sunday can be a magnificent day and a life-changing direction, a new direction of life for you. And as I said in that beautiful spoken word that was actually written and done by a couple here in our church, man, it was powerful. I want you to know that you are are never lost when you're here in the house of God and when you're with Jesus. He's with you every single day, and he is fighting for you, and he is winning every single day. Now, we got to keep battling sometimes in this life, but God's there, I promise you. And we believe that this truly can be a place that you call home. And, and home is a place where you always feel welcomed and you always belong. I love my mom so much. and She's done such a great job cultivating a, a house that we grew up in. She still lives in that house that I grew up in over in Tarpon Springs, Florida. And one of the things I love is that she, when we go over there, we have, we have two kids now, as you saw. Sometimes I get their names right. Sometimes I get them wrong. Uh, but we have two kids, two little boys, and we'll take them over there to hang out with Nana or go in the pool. And there's a question that my mom always asks me when we go over there, and she may not be there. She says, do you still have your key? And what I want to remind you of today is, is my mom asked me that because she says you're always welcomed here. And you don't have to come knock on the door. You don't have to come worry if anyone's there. It's your home. Come on in. And I believe today God would speak to all of us here in this room, especially those of us who have been outside the house for a while or have never felt welcomed in the house of God, that you have the key. And all you got to do is walk up to the door today and turn that key and step into the house of God and the home that he's built for you. And you can feel like you belong, even if you may not believe yet. We believe God is going to speak to you today. We believe he's going to fill you up. And we love conversation here, and we love excitement, so I'll need those good amens and those good cheers and everything, because number one, I'm a words of affirmation, love language guy, so I need that. But also because we're celebrating big stuff here. We're celebrating that Jesus is alive, that he is risen, and he is risen indeed. Yeah, that not even the grave could defeat our God. And we believe that one of the best things you can do is, is connect to the house of God. And as I'm gonna give you a challenge at the end of this message, I believe that if you would give us a year of your life, and I just turned 35 this month, so I'm old and senior and have a lot of wisdom now. That was a joke. Uh, but, <laughs> but I know one of the best decisions I've made is to plant myself in the house of God and plant my family in the house of God. It's an honor to bring up our little son here so you can see him. And I believe that if you can plant yourself in the house of God over this next year, which a year goes by like that, that's what I've realized, that at the end of that year challenge, Man, God will be so involved in your life and you will feel so close to him. We have people in our church that I can introduce you to that have said, yeah, when, when Ryan gives us that year challenge, I took it and I got connected to church and I got baptized and I got in a small group, everything changed. And some things changed like that, but some, changed, some things changed over that year. And I just want you to know it's not just about Easter Sunday. 
Jesus didn't just rise from the dead for one day. He rose for your life and he conquered death for for our life and us as the church as well. And I believe so, I believe so much in what we do every Sunday. And I'd love to hear from you. So if you have, if you have a second, um, which you do have a second because you're kind of under my control right now, uh, <laughs> is I'd love for you to take out uh, the card that's in your notes is that Easter survey card. Um, and we, we do this once a year because we want to hear from you. So the first thing is, is we believe that we have the greatest message to get out into the world. And that is the fact that hope has a name and that name is Jesus. So on the back of your connection card, we would love to, again, we would love for you to fill this side out. We want to send you a gift, but everyone I would love for to fill this side out. You can also scan the QR code as well that's on there for the survey. But the first question is, how did you hear about Local City today? Maybe you drove by. We got big flags out there. It's easy to see us. Maybe you were invited by a friend. Maybe you saw a yard sign. There's, a, there's someone who goes to Local City that lives in my neighborhood, and they have like four or five yard signs out in their lawn. Like every one we've ever given out is out in their yard right now. And every time I drive by, I'm like, yes, let's go. Get the word out. Hope has a name, and you can find that and experience that here. Maybe you saw us on social media. Maybe you were invited word of mouth. Maybe there's another reason. Let us know. Why? Because we want to help get this message out in a strategic way. Because we believe, again, that this is a message that can save people and will change people's lives. The second question is, is I believe that church is here to not only help you experience God, but help you Monday through Saturday as well. That's why we give you out these notes to write in the blanks because we're going to have fun and, and, and lean into it today, but I need it tomorrow and Tuesday and a few months from now to know that I've never lost. So what I would love for you to do is check any box that may apply of something that you'd be interested in hearing about here at Local City, whether it's cultural issues, forgiveness, more in-depth scripture study, or about the Holy Spirit. And as we put together the, the fall semester of our collection of talks, we'd love to lean into your results today and And then I'm going to save till the end to ask you the last one because I believe every single person on there needs to take one of those steps. And next week, we believe in this talks idea and this thematic way of speaking so much that I would encourage you to come back next week as we start a collection of talks called God Has a Name. And I wanted to tell you that today because I want you to know that Easter is not just a religious thing. It is ever more so a relationship thing. And when we talk about the fact that God has a name, that he's given himself, it means that he wants to have a relationship with us. God could use any name in scripture or all of existence to describe himself, but he uses the word father a lot of times. That's a relationship word. And God wants to have a relationship with you today. And I pray today as we step into the title of this message, the idea of never lost, I pray that you would have an experience with your Heavenly Father today for the first time or a recommitment or a reminder. And I pray that you would experience and know your very close friend who is Jesus today. Because a lot of times, maybe you've grown up in church and you've been hurt by the church. I have. You know why? It's because people are not perfect and people are going to mess you up. But my encouragement and my, my really request of you today is not to describe God or not to sit in this next few minutes of our message and think about all the people that have hurt you and put that hurt on God. Because you probably have had, who would, who would say you've had a bad experience at a restaurant before? Like anyone? Anyone? All right. You haven't been to the restaurants I've been to. No, no, no. Yeah. We've had bad experiences before, right? That means you didn't give up on food, you, right? 
Now, we've had bad church experiences. We've had bad people experiences before, but we, I just want to encourage you, don't give up on God. Don't give up on Jesus because he has not forgiven, for, given up on you. And the thing is, is that the posture of Jesus shows us on Easter Sunday that God's approach to us is not, look how bad you are, get yourself right, then come on. It's, hey, my arms are wide open on this cross. Step into the love that I have for you, the family that I have for you, the freedom and forgiveness, and let's do this thing together because I want you to see that you've never lost. I want you to see that we can keep moving forward. As you can tell, I'm excited about it, and we're going to be excited about today. Look what it says in the, in the Bible. In the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, this is written by one of the disciples of Jesus who followed him very closely, so we can lean into what he has to say. He says, I've told you this, this is Jesus speaking, I've told you all this, so that what? So that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Give somebody an elbow next to you and say, hey, you got problems in your life. If you're sitting next to your spouse, you know, tapered a little bit. Hey, you got problems from last night. The way we, no, no. <laughs> the thing is, you got problems, you got trials. It's going to happen. Life is hard. Can I get a good amen? But what does Jesus tell us to do? Take heart because I have overcome the world. Do me a favor and circle that phrase, take heart, and that word overcome. Let me just tell you, in the Ten Commandments, Jesus tells us, or God tells us, do not steal. It's like six or seven down on the list, but still on the list. Jesus would never tell you to take and steal something that is not yours. Today, the heart that you need to beat life back into you again and to beat life back into your spirit again has a name, and that name is Jesus, and he wants you to know that he's not just helping you live. He has overcome anything and everything for you so you don't have to give up. You don't have to walk dead. You can walk alive, forgiven, and free today. Come on, if you're thankful for that, let's go, let's go. Here's what Easter Sunday is all about. It's all centered on the greatest news ever heard. It's all centered on the greatest news ever heard. I like good news. People tell me you want to hear the good news or the bad news first. Just tell me the good news and don't tell me the bad news. <laughs> well, the thing is, this story is the greatest news ever heard. And like I said, I like good news. Oh, man, Lightning just, Tampa Bay Lightning just clinched the playoffs. We're excited about that. Rays are undefeated right now. That's good news to hear. But losses are coming. Hopefully not for the Lightning. They'll make it all the way again. But good news about a good report from the doctor or good report from work, those are all good, but they're not even close to the greatness of the news of Jesus is alive. Because what's so amazing about this day is that again, we do not believe and serve and trust a God who's far off. We serve and believe and trust a God who is right here in the thick of it with us. In 1 John 4, 9, again, John writes later in his life, he writes this, and he reminds himself and us today that God showed how much, would you circle that? How much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. I want you to know God loves you so much. Man, if there was one thing I could get you to lean into today, it'd be that. Just to know that he loves you so much. And John is telling us that he showed us that through giving his son for you and for me. You saw my little guy up earlier. I love you all. I would never give him up for any one of you. <laughs> but I'm so glad I'm not God. I'm so glad God is God. And he gave up his son for you and for me so we could step into the victory over death that Jesus gave us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today as we open in the heart of our message. Father, we're so thankful for today. Man, it's a great day. It's a great day to be in church. We're excited for wherever we got lunch and brunch reservations afterwards. But God, right now, I pray that we would take a deep breath and just lean into you. Bless us in this room. 
And God, I pray that you would bless all of our kids next door in local city kids and all of our teachers and leaders loving on the next generation over there. Help them fall in love even more with Jesus today too. And God, we pray that you would seal that on our hearts as we have a little bit more conversation about it, that you have never lost. We love you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, give me one more good amen today as we step into this today. I love this story, right? And it is the greatest news ever told. It is the greatest demonstration of love, if I miss that blank. It's that Easter Sunday is all centered on the greatest demonstration of love. And I've been thinking about this, I actually saw it on an Instagram reel, but it's in a message from an old pastor that really encouraged me. And it's a, it's, it's a message all about the occurrence on Good Friday. Now, we had a Good Friday service here Friday night. It was beautiful. It was powerful. And why do we take time to remember Good Friday? Because it's good because it's the day that Jesus literally gave his life. You can't raise from the dead without actually dying. It doesn't work. But Jesus did die. And he did give his life for you and I. But there's this beautiful scene on the cross. Now, if you don't know this, Jesus was killed on a cross. He was crucified, nails through his hands, nails through his feet, crown of thorns placed on his head. And it is said that crucifixion is the most shameful and painful way you could die. You literally die by exhaustion and suffocation because you can't pull yourself up anymore. And Jesus not only died a very painful way, he died amongst sinners, just to let you know so we can clear the field here and that we're all in the same place. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. Hey, turn, you know, elbow the other person on your other side. Tell them, hey, just so you know, you've messed up. And once again, don't speak too directly to your spouse if you're sitting next to them, right? Like, you've messed up. We've made mistakes. We have broken God's law, and so we are a sinner. And Jesus was crucified in between two sinners, two thieves, and there's this conversation that happens right at the ending moments of their life where one thief, is he a, he's a hater, right? Like he is just shouting at Jesus, disgracing him, blaspheming him. It, it takes a lot of self-control in me to not clap back at haters on Instagram and Facebook, you know, because just, I'm just being real and vulnerable with you. But I don't because I know that's not, you know, that's, that's the human side of me. But in this moment, this guy is just yelling and clapping at Jesus, and Jesus is calm, quiet, going through this painful experience. And at some point, the guy's friend, the other thief on the other side of Jesus, says, how can you mock him? Because the other guy is like, come on, if you're the son of God, why don't you save us and take yourself down from here? If you really are the son of God, why don't you stop all this? What that guy didn't realize is that Jesus was proving he was the savior son of God by not doing any of that, by going through it. By taking it all on, taking all the pain and sin in his life, on his life from us. And the thief on the one side realizes that, he sees what's going on, and he's like, he shouts out to his friend, how can you mock him? We're getting what we deserve. But he is blameless. He is the son of God. And what I love about this moment is that Jesus not only hears the shouts of this thief, this thief is about to die, he is broken, he is beaten, all is lost in this moment for him, but I want you to know that you can never be too broken, too beaten, too far away from Jesus to not cry out to him where he'll hear you. And the thief cries out and Jesus not only listens but responds and says, my friend, today you will be with me in paradise. 
And I begin to think about how this is the greatest news, greatest love ever demonstrated to this thief. Because think about what happens in that moment, right? Jesus dies, and then the most triumphant entry ever happens in heaven. Where Jesus walks into heaven, he has conquered sin. He has conquered the grave on Easter Sunday. And he walks into heaven with just a loud, thunderous applause of worship from the angels and from the heavenly hosts and from his heavenly Father God. You did it, Jesus, let's go. This is the greatest thing that has ever happened. And as he walks in, there's somebody else right behind him. And he's like, hey, like this. And people are like, hey, maybe one of the angels goes and grabs, hey, 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 hey. Who are you? How'd you get here? And the guy's like, I don't know. Now, hold hold on a second, sir. This is heaven, okay? Like, you don't just accidentally arrive here. How did you get here? I don't know. Now, Now, wait a minute, okay? Have you ever, like... Have you ever, you ever heard of the Old Testament, the prophecies about the Savior who's over there? Like, have you ever heard that stuff? No. You ever been to church? You ever read the Bible? You ever done it? No. Then how'd you get here? He said, I don't know. And the angel looks at him and says, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I don't understand how you have had gained access to heaven. How have you stepped into this place? And the thief getting a little angry or getting a little like, yo, man, chill. I'm here for one reason. That guy over there on the middle cross, he said I could come. And so I just followed him. I didn't think about all that stuff you just said. I just, he said I could come and I listened to him. I think about it in our life that we have to realize that, man, we think about all these things that we've done, whether good or bad. We probably have our laundry list of mistakes and doubts and questions, or we have our laundry list of why life is good right now and we don't need maybe Jesus, but... All all that matters today where we're all together in agreement is that Jesus said we can come. And that's why we're here. I'm not standing up here. I like that Pastor Joe said that, but I don't have it all going on. I don't really know everything. But I do know one thing, that Jesus said I could come. And so I've surrendered my life to him. I love this quote that says, let the resurrection joy lift us from loneliness and weakness and despair to strength and beauty and happiness. And we begin to see this in the story of the Gospels. If you look in Mark chapter 16, that's where we'll be today if you want to take out your notes. And this is a quick conversation that, and that we see with the women who are following Jesus. I love this, that the first testimonies of the resurrection were going to be the women followers of Jesus because the men were too scared. That's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> but what we see here is... Th- is that when the Sabbath day was over, this is in Mark 16, one through seven, it says this, when the Sabbath day was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. One of the ways that we honor someone and one of the ways they're honoring Jesus here is, is the fact that they want to remember him. Now again, they are defeated in this moment, but they're not given, the other disciples, the men, they're hiding in the house, they're hiding away. The women are like, hey, Jesus was too great for us to just let him lie there. And we see that. I remember growing up, I had an uncle who passed away. I didn't even know him. He, he was in his late teens, I think, when he died. But I remember going to the cemetery very consistently with my mom, and she would always make sure there were flesh flowers out there. And my grandfather would do the same thing. And I think that's what we're seeing here. It's such a tremendous honor for someone that they loved and cared for so much. And so what happens is in verse 2, it says, very early on the first day of the week, so this is right after sunrise, it says, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Would you do me a favor and underline that phrase for me? Because I believe every single one of us here has a question like that today. It may not be who's going to roll away the stone of the tomb, but we are worried about something. We're worried about 
Is God really this good that he could take care of this that's going on in my life? Is God really that powerful that he could restore this relationship in my life? Is God really that forgiving that he could forgive me of all the messed up things that I've done or thought? Is God really that good that he can step, step in and show up in my life even in the midst of questions and doubts that I have? And I want you to know that the answer is yes. And he's actually already done all those things for you. You just gotta take a step towards him. What I love about these women is that they did not hide in fear, but they stepped out and said, you know what? Jesus has done too much for us to simply give up right now. And what little faith they had, they went out there and they believed that God could still do what he said he was gonna do. So if you look at chapter 16, verse four, here's what it says. It says, but as they arrived, I love that, and the new living, it says, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, big stone, had been rolled away. What I love about God is that all the things you're worried about, if you just go to Jesus, you see that they're already being taken care of, or we'll go back and back, or they've been taken care of already. So let's go back to Mark chapter 16. Let's not spoil the surprise of the notes. But they, and as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But here's what we're going to unpack today. It says, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell the disciples, I love this moment that Jesus, a little jab to Peter here, and also Peter, <laughs> that he is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. What I want to do is I want to take this statement for the next few minutes, won't be long, and just unpack these statements and how they relate to us today. And I believe they can speak specifically to you this morning. The first one that the angel says is he says, don't be alarmed. And I want you to write down today, do not fear. That's the first thing God would want to tell you today, all right? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of coming to God. Don't be afraid of bringing, again, the wee's women had doubts. They had a fear, like, why are we going all the way to the tomb when there's a stone there and we can't put these spices and oils that we bought? We can't even do anything with them. What are we going to do? They didn't give in to that fear. They kept walking. And they brought those fears, and they brought those doubts, and the angel immediately calmed their nerves by saying, do not fear. It's actually one of the most common phrases in all of scripture, do not fear. Because some of us, I believe that when I say things like God loves you, or I talk about how much I love church, or I talk about even Easter Sunday, if you've had a church experience, there may be some things that come up of where the church has hurt you, or where you have felt let down by God, or maybe you're just here because someone invited you, and you're like, I don't know if I fully believe this. I love the phrase the angel uses, don't be alarmed. Now, I got to tell you, I am a very deep sleeper. And so when you look at my alarms on my phone, it's just a long list of alarms that are clicked on like every five minutes. Because I'm a big alarm guy that I need to wake up and I'm a big snooze button guy, all right? I found I needed those alarms to wake up and I can sleep anywhere. It was one of the first arguments my wife and I, Adrian and I ever got in when we first got married. We were on the flight to St. Lucia for our honeymoon. And I'm like, sweet, airplane, time to nap. Fell asleep before we took off. That's how good I am, right? And I remember sleeping the whole way. And I, I woke up to the pilot saying, and we are now beginning our descent. Oh, yes. And then I turned to my new, my new beautiful wife. Had her arms crossed like this, just staring at me. She was like, I had no one to talk to the whole flight. I'm like, I'm sorry, I was sleeping. 
<laughs> and the thing is, is I, I didn't know, right? I didn't know that was a bad thing, but an alarm, but what I've also realized about alarms in my life is that if someone in normal day-to-day has the same alarm sound that I use to wake up, but it's like their ringtone or their text tone, I'm suddenly like angry when I hear it, right? Like, ah, I'm like, I gotta get up. I'm like, wait a minute, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm already up, but that sound is triggering, right? Now, I think when I say some of these things I'm telling you today, they're triggering for you, and you have a negative emotion attached to them, when I want you to have a life-changing emotion and feeling attached to them, which is, God says, do not fear, so bring everything you got. Bring your doubts, bring your fears, bring that little bit of faith, and see what miracle you can step into, because these women, they brought all that, but they stepped into the greatest miracle of all time, that Jesus is risen. Can I get a good amen if you believe that today? Come on. What's the next thing he says? What's brought you here is you are looking for Jesus. Amen. Every single person has an ultimate longing for God. An ultimate longing for God. See, some of us, we have given our life to achieve that relationship, that financial posture, that new job, that success. We've given everything to get there. And I want to encourage you or really challenge you that I have heard studies have shown that there's no greater amount of depression or sadness than when you finally get that thing you've been looking your whole life for and you still feel the same way. And I want you to know that you're looking for that next thing, but the only next thing is the only thing that can fully satisfy you, and that is God. It was shoved into creation from the very beginning that when God created paradise... He created it as a place where he could walk with his creation, with his son and daughter, with Adam and Eve. And what was fractured when they sinned was the relationship and longing they had for God. And so for us now, Jesus has given us access back to our Heavenly Father because he knows that is your ultimate longing. What are you looking for today? I'm just going to tell you, you're looking for Jesus, and he's here right now. All you got to do is just say, okay, I'm going to give you a chance because he is the only one that will never let you down. He is the only one that will help you tap into this idea that you have never lost. I mean, Jesus is the one that brings the next thing, which is the victory, and the angel reminds us that he is risen. Can I remind you today, there is victory over death. I mean, that's just, that is the truth of today that we're celebrating. There is victory over death. I don't walk afraid of what's coming after I die, because I'm just going to confidently tell you, I know. I don't think, I know. Because I've experienced too much in this life for it to be just this. If you've ever been to a wedding, no one looks when they're writing their vows and looks at across at their future spouse and say, you know, this life, we're just biology and chemicals and scientific things. And because all those things are firing, that's why I love you. Your wife or your future bride would say, that's horrible. Go back and rewrite those. Let's try this again. But a lot of people want to live their life that way. And I'm sorry, but I've experienced too much good things and honestly pain for life to just be about what I see and feel. There's too much spiritual significance to what I've seen in my life, and I believe the same is for you. And what I'm standing on today is that there is victory over death. Yesterday, we went golfing with a group of people from the church for one of our team members' birthday. It was super fun. That's why I'm a little red today, because sun and redheads don't mix well. But we went out there and my group, we played like what's called scramble golf, which if you're a golfer is whoever has the best shot, that's where you hit from. And I was really excited. We got to use like 15 or 20 of my shots. Yay for me. I was excited about that. But what's great about that is like in those moments, it reminds you that, okay, I'm not, I don't have to always try or always get it right. 
Because yesterday I was swinging and I was hitting them this way sometimes and in the water, there were a couple guys in the group that was swinging and missing and there was nothing more humbling as a grown man than when you swing at a little tiny ball and miss. What was great is I had a few other guys who were also doing the same thing and they were hitting great shots and I just got to experience the great shot that they hit. And that's what Jesus has done with his victory over death, I want you to know. That he is not telling you, hey, you gotta get it right every time. He's saying, you know what, just keep swinging, keep going, keep playing, and honestly, when I hit the good shots, that's where you can hit from. That's the good start that I've given you. That's the blessing and victory that you can live in. I want you to tell you, church, today, if you keep swinging, you'll realize more and more that Jesus is risen, and there is victory over death today, so you can keep living, keep moving forward, and not worry about a God who's just waiting for you to fail. He wants you to keep living and keep moving forward. These were out there as you walked in today, and you can grab one as you leave, but I've found in my years of following Jesus that life, my my faith in following Jesus is more about this this little symbol right here. Like, God, I surrender to you. And it's a little cheesy, but it's okay. I like cheesy things. It's just to say, you know what, God, I just surrender to you. It's not about, all right, let's go, God. I got this. I'm gonna do the best I can. No, because you won't. It's about realizing, God, I just, I love that everyone's doing this. This is very nice. <laughs> but you can grab one and put it in your car, put it in your like toothbrush holder, wherever you see it every day, especially in the morning to remind yourself, you know what, God, I'm going through a lot right now and I could try and fight and do it on my own. I can try and still go hit from my shot that's out in the woods or I can just trust that you've already done what I need and I just surrender to you. Even if you got to do this every morning, God, it's not about me. I surrender, I surrender. And as we close, the last one is this, probably the most important thing that the angel tells the women is that he's done this just as he told you, which means that Jesus is trustworthy. Some of us, we've lost our trust in God because people have broken our trust. Some of us, we've lost our trust in God because he didn't do what we wanted him to do. I would encourage you just to surrender those things today. I want you to know, just as the angel is telling these women, hey, he said he was going to do this. But I think the angel said it with a smile on his face. Again, not a, just as he told you he was going to do. No, hey, he's alive, he's not here. Just as he told you. So go find him. He's already out there. I love that it says too, he's gone ahead of you. He's already where you're going. So go find him and go live life from victory, from bravery and courage, not from fear. You're looking for Jesus. Well, guess what? You found him, so keep going. You've never lost. Let's go. Let's do this. He is trustworthy every single day of your life. He is that foundation that will never let you down. And that's what I want for you, to live in that solid foundation. So as we close today, let me give you three things, and then I'll close with a story. you got to realize, number one, that Jesus did it all. He's given you the victory today, and simply trust him now. And let me give you two stories really quick. One, I I, I mean, these statements are so trustworthy. And God will never let you down. He is good. And if we can take a deep breath, and if you can just focus on me, I want to tell you this story real quick. And Van, just hold on for one second. I want to tell this story. But you're doing... I've given my life to pastoring for a long time now. And what happened around seven or eight years into pastoring, and the hardest moment of my life happened. I was 25, 26 years old, and my father passed away suddenly, no warning. He went into surgery on a Friday, and Saturday morning, I get the call from my mom, you gotta get to the hospital right now, something's happened, dad has had a, he's had a fall in his room, you gotta get to the hospital, they don't know what's going on. 
So I remember speeding over to the hospital. I remember running in, which room's he in, pushing through the nurses, like I gotta get to be with my dad. And as I walk in that room, they're pressing down on his chest, trying to get him, get his heart to beat again. They're shocking him, all these things. Just a very, very traumatic scene. And I remember getting right next to my dad's bed, kneeling down and just grabbing his hand. And I'm telling you, church, I prayed the most passionate, believing for it prayer that I've ever prayed. Because I believe that God is a God who can raise the dead. And I prayed it as hard as I could, tears in my eyes. And I don't know why, and I'll never know why, but I know who was with me in that room that, that moment. And it came to a place where I was praying and praying and praying, and the doctor said, we'll do this and try to bring it back as long as you want, but until you call it, that's it. And eventually I had to say, just let him go. And I remember being so broken in that moment because God didn't answer my prayer. I just lost my hero, my father. He's gonna be the best man at my wedding. And I gotta tell you, I had to put on a brave face for the family and I had to do the eulogy and all that stuff. But deep down in, the, in my heart, I was broken. I was angry. Oh man, I was angry. God, I've given my life to you. How, why would you do that? How dare you do this? I began to walk into this moment of, God, I don't, I don't wanna do this anymore if, if this is all for nothing. And I began to pray, God, I, I just need a little bit of you. I need a little bit of hope here in this moment because the enemy, he was attacking me. He was making me doubt. He was really defeating me and bringing me down to a dark place. And I remember like about a week or so after my dad's funeral, I had taken his phone from his hospital room. And I remember I just plugged it in and charged it up and was just looking at pictures and things that he had just to see him. He had some pictures from his camping trips and kayaking trips. And I stumbled across these videos. And I got my start in ministry as a middle school youth pastor. It's a great place to start. <laughs> and I remember one of my jobs at, was to help with our vacation Bible school, which is like a big thing we did for elementary school kids. And I would always give the, the invitation to say yes to Jesus, like I'm gonna do in a minute here. And I would give that invitation for people to say yes to Jesus. And I stumbled across these videos of me giving that invitation, of inviting people to step into Jesus's, the life that Jesus has for them, inviting them to feel these little kids to say yes to Jesus. And my dad videoed those every single day. And he videoed me leading these kids in prayer. And then he would go around the room and to the kids that were raising their hands with his camera phone. And I'm confidently telling you today, church, it was in that moment God spoke to me in a whisper. I've never let you down. You can trust me. Your dad's with me right now and he is in no pain. He is in the best place that you could possibly imagine. But Ryan, don't give up. Don't be afraid. You're looking for me in this dark moment and you found me here in this little cell phone video. And there is always hope, because hope has a name and that name is Jesus. And I know that sometimes we can feel that we've got too big a list for God to take care of. I remember back when I was in college, I was out with some friends from church and uh, we were having a good time at, at a, a, not a nice restaurant, probably like a Chili's or an Applebee's or something. Sorry if you like those places, but you know, they're not fine dining. And, uh, and I remember we were having a, lot, having a good time talking about church and what God was doing in our life and, and the waiter brought the bill and he was like, okay, you're all good. Oh, sweet, we opened it up and there's no, there's no check in there. He's like, no, there was a, there was a husband and wife seating, sitting next to you. They loved that you were talking about church and all this stuff and they just wanted to pay for you. And I was like, oh man, you should have told me. I would have got dessert. Uh, but, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is what I think about that is like, and I think about me, like I'm a human, okay? So I'll, sometimes I'll take people out to dinner and I'll be like, hey, I'll get the bill. But it's funny, people are funny because like they'll order and they'll say, hey, can I get a soup instead of a salad? And they'll be like, oh, it's a little upcharge. And they'll be like, oh, it's okay. No, upcharge is fine. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm paying for that. 
Like, watch, you get salads free. I'm just being vulnerable with you. But let's spiritualize it, okay? So I think sometimes we think at some point in our life, the bill's coming. Here you go. You got to pay for all this. Those times you doubted, those times you messed up, those times you made mistakes, you're going to have to pay for all this. Why can I tell you that you've never lost local city church? It's because a few thousand years ago, the Son of God gave his life on the cross. It was dark on Saturday, but Sunday was coming. And he walked out of that grave alive. So that when life brings you that receipt, when life brings you the bill, because the bill's got to be paid, you can't dine and dash in this life. And all those things there, you know, you ever open it up after a nice dinner and you're like, whoa, what? Like, that's how we're going to be. Like, we're going to, oh my gosh, I cannot believe all these things are on there and these things are listed. And we get to have that anxiety of someone's got to pay for this. But here's the thing about Jesus. Here's the thing about victory over death, about not fearing, about that longing for God that will lead you to the place where you experience him in a real way, about surrendering to the idea that Jesus is trustworthy, that when you open up the reality of all those mistakes, all that brokenness, you open it up and you celebrate with worship and joy because it's paid in full already by the God who's always been with you always been there for you no matter what come on would you stand to your feet and give Jesus some praise today and as we close today the last thing on this card before we close and respond in worship to what we've heard is what's my decision today I would encourage you if you haven't said yes to Jesus or you're not plugged into a church check that first or second box actually the first three say yes to Jesus today we want to send you a Bible give us a year and see what happens Get connected to the house and get in a small group for people who can pray around you and lift you up. Get baptized at the end of the month. We want to celebrate with you. But also, I want you to know that there is a church that's always praying for you. So if you're like, I'm good, Ryan, check that last box. Because over the next year, I want to pray for you. Because I don't want you to ever feel lost. I want you to be in the house of God and see what he has for you. Would you stretch out your hands like this with me before we close and pray? And I pray that you would fill the last question out today and hand it into our team. But if you're comfortable, just stretch out your hands like this. And if it is... Maybe today's a day where you're recommitting or saying yes to Jesus. We're all going to repeat this after me, but I want you to say it from your heart as a recommitment to remind yourself or for the first time ever let yourself know, I don't have to be afraid. I'm looking for God and I found him. He's trustworthy and he's here and there's victory over death. Just say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.